0: Today we're talking about Sunday, a day not to neglect. If you are able, please stand in honor the reading of God's holy word. This is Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Acts chapter 20 and verse 7. On the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them, intending to depart on the next day, and he prolonged his speech until midnight. And then finally, 1 Corinthians 16, 1 through 2. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you also are to do on the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper, so that there will be no collecting when I come. Pray with me, please. Our God and Heavenly Father, we come to you the only way we can, and that is through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus, we declare publicly that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through you. We thank you for this day that we can come to gather in this new place to worship you on Sunday. And Father, as we move now to this portion of the preaching of your word, be and with all that is done here today, Lord, would you fill me with your spirit that I might preach in a manner that is pleasing in your sight, For the hearers today, Father, open our ears to hear your word. Lord, may you increase, may I decrease. Lord, let us see Jesus today in the truth of your word. If there's one here who doesn't know Jesus as Savior, we pray for that one today. That you would draw that person savingly to yourself. For believers, we pray that we would be encouraged and challenged. That we would worship you through the preaching of your word and that you would grow us in your grace. We ask all of this in Jesus' precious name. And all God's people said, amen. Please be seated. Habits. We all have habits, don't we? Some of them are good habits. Some of them, not so good. We call them bad habits. What are some of our good habits? Maybe exercising, that's a good habit practicing gratitude, managing our money well, having good study habits. I got a lot of students here today just out of school. You got your report card. How was your study habits? How was that reflected on your report card? That's a reflection maybe of a a habit that we have. But some of our habits are bad habits, aren't they? Procrastinating or overspending. We think about losing focus too easily or just wasting time online? Do you ever find that when you just have extra time, you pull this out and just spend way too much time on this? These are our habits. Our habits are our customs. They're our normal behaviors. They're what we're used to doing. Our usual routines and practices. And we find that our habits, they show forth the types of lives that we choose to live. Well friends, today in our text, specifically the first text from the book of Hebrews, the author of Hebrews talks to us about a bad habit that some of the people had 2,000 years ago. And even though it was a bad habit 2,000 years ago, even today, 2,000 years later, many Christians seem to have the same bad habit. Well, what is that bad habit? It's the bad habit of neglecting to meet together. If you look at the text from Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, it says, Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. There were some early believers who had gotten to the habit of neglecting to meet together. Friends, over the past several weeks, we have learned that the Christian life is not a life to be lived alone. Yes, there's absolutely time in in the Christian life to be by yourself with the Lord, to have that time of personal devotion. Even Jesus himself withdrew privately to pray. But over and over, the scriptures encourage the body of Christ, the church, to come together, to serve together, to teach and learn and love and grow together. And most importantly, as we're going to discuss today, the church is to come and worship together. The scriptures teach us that God has given his church a specific day to come together and worship. And that day, of course, is Sunday, the Lord's day. In fact, the Bible makes Sunday so important that our leadership here at Redeemer has included it in one of three dedications that we're asking of every member of Church of the Redeemer. You know it now as SSS. Our leadership is asking every member to dedicate themselves to Sunday, service, and small groups. A week ago, Hunter gave us our last sermon at Sun Valley, preaching on dedicating ourselves to serving in a ministry or in a mission. Next Sunday, Pastor Daryl will be preaching on small groups that we should dedicate ourselves to a Bible study, a men's group or a women's group or a youth group that we might grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ. But today we're going to zoom in on that other S. Sunday. I'm preaching on a day that we should never get into the habit of neglecting the Lord's day, Sunday. If you look at your bulletin on the back, you'll see we have three simple points about Sunday. First of all, we're going to learn how the Sabbath was moved from the last day to the first day of the week. Secondly, we're going to speak of the elements of worship on Sunday, how as we worship, we look up and love God. And then finally, that Sunday gives us an opportunity for grounding, being grounded in our faith. But let's first look at how the Bible teaches us that the Sabbath was moved from the last day to the first day of the week. A few moments ago, Pastor Darrell read from the Old Testament, that fourth commandment, about in the Old Testament... The fourth commandment teaches us that the seventh day or Saturday, that was the Old Testament Sabbath. In fact, we know that from the beginning of creation, when God created all things in six days and rested on the seventh day, from the beginning of creation and by the Lord's own example, the Sabbath was on the seventh day of the week. And we also know it continued to be that way from the beginning of creation until the New Testament. So the question comes to us today, why is the Sabbath now on Sunday? When and how was the Sabbath changed from Saturday to Sunday? Well, friends, our text, the other text today, specifically answer that question. Let's review what we learned specifically from Acts chapter 20. If you'll notice as Luke is writing the history of the church in Acts 20, he says at the very beginning of this verse, on the first day of the week, when we gathered together to break bread, Paul talked to them or preached to them in this context. And what's interesting about this verse is that Luke mentions one verse earlier that Paul had been with them for seven days. But the church meeting was only on the first day of the week, not the last day of the week. So we see a shift in the New Testament apostles from Saturday to Sunday. Even in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, we read, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you also are to do. And here it is, on the first day. Of the week. Each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper, so that there will be no collecting when I come. So we see this movement in the New Testament. We see the example of the apostles and what the church is doing. The day is shifting from Saturday to Sunday to give us the Christian Sabbath. And we also find in the book of Revelation, in fact, that's chapter 1, verse 10. Revelation calls Sunday the Lord's day. That's the day that celebrates the resurrection of Christ. Christ was crucified on a Friday, but he was raised on a Sunday. So Sunday is the Lord's day. And we see that Sunday celebrates Jesus's rest from the suffering work of accomplishing your salvation and my salvation. Okay, so what is the Bible telling us today about this? How does this apply to our lives? Friends, Scripture today is teaching us from the example of the apostles and the Lord Jesus Christ that Sunday is not a day to be neglected. We should never get into the habit of missing out on Sunday. We should never have the bad habit of not meeting together. So let's ask some questions of ourselves. What's our habit On Sunday? What's their routine? What are our normal practices on Sunday? Now, let me take just a moment and speak to those who are getting ready to go to college or who are in college. I've found over my times of ministry many times 18 and 19 year olds who get ready to go off to college or who are in college, maybe those same people have been raised in the church their whole lives. One of the first things that happens when you get to college or you get to that age is that bad habit starts to kick in. You're on your own. You have independency for the first time um, in your life. You're away from mom and dad. And that push to get out the door to go to church on Sunday, it just isn't there like it used to be. And that bad habit starts to form. Maybe it's staying up too late on Saturday night or this desire to sleep in Sunday morning, but you miss out on being with the Lord's people to worship the Lord on Sunday. College student, I want to tell you that just as important as finding the right college is you find a church in that same town where you can get plugged into that church so you can keep growing in the grace and knowledge of Christ. Be aware of what's going to happen in your life. Make a plan. To make Sunday a priority and dedicate yourself to the Lord's day. Now for the rest of us, what is our habit on Sunday? You know, for the rest of us, we also might have to look at the routine of Saturday nights in order to prepare for Sunday. Many times we make plans on the weekend where we're just exhausted by the time we get to bed on Saturday and We just decline to get up and go to church on Sunday. But the Bible is encouraging us, plan ahead. Make preparations for the Lord's Day. It's a day that's not to be neglected. Friends, we should be watchful, thoughtful, and proactively plan to dedicate ourselves, as the apostles of old did, to the Lord's Day. Well, as we shift to our second point, let's ask this question. What makes Sunday such a priority? Well, the Bible teaches us that Sunday is a day of worship. So let's look secondly at the elements of worship because the Scriptures teach us on Sunday to look up and to love God. In the Shorter Catechism, question number 60 asks this. It says, How is the Sabbath to be sanctified? And the answer is the Sabbath is to be sanctified by a holy resting all that day, even from such worldly employments and recreations as are lawful on other days and spending the whole time in the public and private exercises of God's worship, except so, as, except so much as to be taken up in the works of necessity and mercy. You know, there's two main things commanded on the Lord's day, and that is worship and rest. Let's speak to the worship right now. What are the elements of worship on Sunday? The first one is singing of psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Colossians says it this way, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Beloved, I'm so thankful for Michael Huff and this worship team, the folks in the back who are running the slides. I can't even imagine the hours that they've spent over the past few weeks. Yesterday, they were in this building just planning and preparing for worship, that we want to have worship with excellence. And part of that is singing praise to God. You know, the Old Testament Psalms, That was the hymn book of Israel. You open the Psalms and look through that, you're going to see many different places in the Psalms that uh, regard music and accompaniment of instruments. And the Bible teaches us, even through the Psalms, to sing praise to God. And since that time, even after the coming of Christ, many people have written hymns and spiritual songs concerning what Christ has done for His church so that we can gather together to worship the Lord and song. And beloved, look around you. God has now given us this gift, this large sanctuary, a place 2,000 years ago, would have, they would have loved to have a place like this to come and to worship. And God has given us this building to gather on Sundays to look up to love him with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind, and to sing his praises to his name together. One is the body of Christ looking up to God. Secondly, God has given us prayer. He has taught us in his word to be anxious about nothing but in everything with prayer and petition to let a request be made known to God. Have you ever heard of what's called the acts of prayer? ACTS, A standing for adoration, C confession, T thanksgiving, and S supplication. Maybe the four big categories of prayer, the acts of prayer. We strive at Redeemer to have all four types of prayer in our worship services. As Daryl mentioned, this is a shorter service, we've got a lot going on today. But normally we have an opening prayer of adoration. We confess our sin to the Lord either privately or corporately. Our pastoral prayer involves thanksgiving and supplications. Even Daryl invited the congregation to join into that today to lift up your prayers. Prayer is worship. Prayer is God's children speaking back to Him. We're thankful for prayer. Third, the reading and the preaching of the Word of God. This is what the Bible says in 2 Timothy 4. Paul teaches Timothy, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. As a preacher of the gospel, I want you to know that I am called to preach not just anything that I want to preach. I'm called to preach the Word of God. At Church of the Redeemer, we are going to stand on the Word of God. The infallible, inerrant Word of God. All Scripture is God-breathed. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. We want to get our points from Scripture. We simply don't want to make them up, but we want to let Scripture teach us what we should preach. And as Paul said in the book of Acts, we want to preach the whole counsel of God from Genesis to Revelation. We want to look at those early books of the Pentateuch from Genesis to Deuteronomy. The historical books from Joshua, 1st and 2nd Samuel, Chronicles and Kings. The wisdom literature in the Old Testament, the prophets of old. We want to preach the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. The history of the church in Acts. The 13 epistles of Paul the latter epistles of John and Peter, Jude, and even Revelation. And the most important thing that we want to preach is what Jesus Christ has done for us. We want to preach the gospel. We want to teach that God made everything by the word of His power in the space of six days, and He made it all very good. And He put man and woman in the garden, made in His image. But that man and woman sinned against God, and when they did, they fell and were separated from God because of their sin. And for years and years and years in the Old Testament, the Bible would talk about a plan that God had, a plan of redemption to save man from his sin. And one day, God sent his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to this earth. And Jesus did something that you and I could never do. He lived a perfect life, And he set his face like flint towards Jerusalem and he went to the cross and beloved, he died for your sins and for mine so that we can have forgiveness of our sins, that we can have eternal life, that we can be with heaven, with Jesus because of what he's done for us, not because of anything that we've done for him. We can have forgiveness and justification. We can be bought by the blood of Christ. We can grow as His child, sanctified by His grace. And one day, when the Lord calls us home, we don't have to have any fear of death because Christ has overcome death. Christ has defeated our enemies. He defeated sin, He defeated hell. And He wants to give that salvation to you. We're going to preach that here at Redeemer. We're going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ because that is part of worship, the reading and preaching of Scripture. We're also going to have the presentations of offerings. We spent some time talking about that earlier. Daryl reminded us how offering is worship to the Lord. In 2 Corinthians 9, it says, If you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. But if you sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully. Because God loves a cheerful giver. Is giving part of your habit? Is it part of your habit on Sunday? The next one is confessing the faith. Hebrews 10 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Have you confessed your faith? Last week at Sun Valley, we had three people join the church, two adults and one little girl, Jenna Ray. And all three of them stood and professed their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. They confessed publicly that they know the Lord. That's part of worship. As we come to the Lord's table from time to time, we'll affirm our faith Uh, as a congregation confessing to the Lord what we believe concerning Him. And then finally, the last element is observing the sacraments. In 1 Corinthians 11, it teaches us to remember the body and blood of the Lord through the breaking of bread and the fruit of the vine. And we gather once a month as a church to worship the Lord through the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. It's a time where we can remember what Christ has done for us, a time where we can be spiritually fed by God, praying that our faith and our zeal for the things of God would increase. And there's also the sacrament of baptism. Baptism is God's sign and seal of his covenant of grace. It's a reminder of the redemption bought by Christ, that just as the water runs over the head, To cleanse the body, we all need the blood of Christ to run over our lives, to be cleansed from sin. Friends, these are elements of worship. So the question comes to us now, what are our habits for preparing for worship? Do we go before the Lord even on a Saturday to prepare to sing His praises, to give to pray? Do we prepare to hear from the word, to confess our faith, to come to the Lord's table? Sunday is not a day to be neglected. Let us have the right habits, even towards worship on Sunday. And finally, our last point, Sunday gives us an opportunity for grounding. So we've talked about grounding in the past few weeks. We've used the example of a tree. A tree that is planted by a stream of water. A tree whose roots go way down deep into the ground. That's the picture of the tree in Psalm 1. It's a picture of being firmly rooted, immovable, grounded, firm, not easily shaken. You know, one of our four G's in our mission statement is, Grounding, we're gathering, grounding, growing, and going. Friends, we want to give you an opportunity to be grounded in your faith on Sundays. Starting August 18th, write it down. Circle that date on your calendar. August 18th, we're starting our new Sunday school series at 9 o'clock. As Pastor, Pastor Darrell has said, and I'll join him in saying it, church starts at 9 o'clock starting on August the 18th. He's been hard at work preparing three classes for our adults, a class on the book of Revelation, a class on the Reformation and church history, and then I'll be teaching a third class called Link. It's a prospective members class. If you'd like to come and hear about Redeemer, who we are and what we do, we'll be starting that class on August the 18th. But this is an opportunity, beloved, to be grounded in your faith, Please know we have Sunday school for children of all ages, for our middle school and our high school students. A day not to be neglected, friends, to be grounded in your faith in that Sunday school hour. And new classes are going to start every six weeks. And I know Pastor Darrell has a plan for this semester. So as we conclude this morning, a couple questions to ponder. first of all, what is our habit? What is our habit for meeting with the Lord's church on Sunday? Is that a priority? The leadership here is encouraging all of us, let's dedicate ourselves to Sunday. Will we dedicate ourselves as the apostles of old did to the first day of the week? Let's avoid that bad habit found in Hebrews for Sunday's a day not to be neglected. Secondly, Are you taking part in the elements of worship? Preparing to sing, to pray, to give, to hear the word of God, to take the Lord's Supper. Sunday provides that opportunity. And then finally, will you take advantage of the opportunity to be grounded? I know 9 o'clock is earlier than 1030. But we encourage you, plan. Go ahead and mark it down. August 18th, excited to have our Sunday school here in this location and let me just finally just all of us kind of just back up and say lord thank you right thank you for a building where we can do all of these things that we have a complete education wing on the other side of this church for sunday school and bible study fellowship and hospitality that god has given this room that we can come together and praise his name Let's close with a thanks to God. Our God and Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, the name that is above all names. And we thank you for the opportunity to meet in this new building on Sunday. And Father, we pray that we would make Sunday our priority in our lives. That uh, it wouldn't just be considered a, a, another day of the week, but we would see how you have set it apart uh, for the gathering of your church that we might worship you in the way we've discussed today. Father, would you use this building for your honor, in your glory, in your praise, to teach us to look up and to love you so that we might go out the doors of this church? into a world that needs Jesus. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.